You're listening to the Back Row Jet Show, part of the Back Row Network. Donald trying to extend his drive, throws off his back foot off balance, and he somehow finds Crowder. Jason Tillman's deflected, and picked up Mosey, he'll take it in, it's a big shot. Jones has it taken away by Jamal Adams, and he is in for a catch, touchdown. Reverses all over the place, and the catch is made by Anderson. Now your hosts, Tom Tuttle and John Eddie Jr., Welcome into another episode of the Back Row Jets Show. Now these highlights are starting to get a little bit like, eh. <laughs> Jamal Adams, mm. obviously Robbie Anderson's already not on the team. It's yeah. like, oh, we might have to find some new highlights, but hopefully we'll have plenty of highlights when the season starts. Out of whoever it may be, whether or not Jamal Adams still on the team, I don't know what's going to happen there. But uh, speaking of Jamal Adams, well, I, I should probably introduce my co-host of the show, John Eddie Jr., uh, who is my co-host of Fantasy Fuel as well. Welcome in, John. All right, let's get talking about okay. John, our, uh, <laughs> Jamal Adams. Um, I have to make a correction right off the bat Uh-oh. from last week, and I think this might have actually happened in Fantasy Fuel's episode last week, so I probably should have made that correction on this last episode we just did. But um, I said that, Jamal Adams was only signed through this next year, and that's not the case. You were correct, and he is signed through 2021. So I have to come out and make that apology because I was wrong. For some reason, I think I got him mixed up with some other players in my head, so it's my bad. All right, let's move on to what I have seen some of the coaches say about Jamal Adams this this uh, last week, really. I mean, uh, defensive coordinator Greg Williams has told reporters on Thursday – that he wants Adams to feel good in New York and stick around for the long haul, making it very clear that Adam he's got Adams back um, and to you know fight for that new deal type of thing because I mean he's he just he understands it and he said you never mess with a guy's contract that's what Williams said uh, per the Athletic so I mean he said he's got his back on that and I think that's a good thing for any coach to say especially your defensive coordinator because he's the guy that's got control of the defense so I I, I liked what he said there I don't know whether or not that means anything going forward because Jamal Adams sounds like he wants to go somewhere else right now so it doesn't really matter much I think but we'll see well Greg Williams absolutely 100% has to say those things, whether or not he means them. But if you're not going to stick up for your pretty much inarguably best defensive player, then, um, yeah, you know you've got issues in New York if you're not even going to stick up for that guy. So he did it, and that's great. It probably doesn't mean a whole lot because any defensive coordinator should be saying (laughs) those things about their best defensive player. Yeah, and I was wondering whether or not uh, Adam Gase was going to say something, and he did say something. He's got quite a bit that he said, too, so I want to go through that a little bit. And all of this is coming from an ESPN article that I read earlier. Um, And Gase was asked if he absolutely positively wants Adams on the 2020 roster, and Gase told reporters on a conference call, yes, I want Jamal on our team. He also said, this is a tough part of the business when one of your best players is working through things with your organization. We have to 
figure out a way to get to a good place, which will get him back in the right spot and ready to go. And uh, Gase wouldn't say if he has spoken directly to Adams, adding anything that's going to deal with communication with Jamal will stay between us. That's how we're operating, keeping our locker room tight. So I like the tight locker room type of talk, but again, it seems like a little fishy there, but um, there was more that Adams had to say about this. And I'll get what you have to say about it after I'm done reading all these, but I just really, I wanted to include all of this because I thought it was good. I I, I actually think Adam Gase was saying things that were good, but uh, Gase said his relationship with Adams uh, has been good since the time that he's been there in 2019. So we've had a lot of discussions, he said, throughout the season trying to figure out ways to win. We've always gotten along well, and there's been a lot of dialogue between us about on and off the field topics. And Gase called Adams one of the best players and most consistent guys we had last year. He he lauded uh, his uh practice habits and versatility and his ability to create favorable matchups for his teammates, which was something we talked about last week. And he said his play speed is phenomenal, both in practice and on the game. He, he also said it's hypothetical to comment on whether the team's relationship with Adams can be repaired. It's a tough part of the business. He said, our job is to work through difficult times and difficult situations to find solutions. So with all that being said, before you say your two cents on that, I, I actually think Gase is handling this well. I didn't expect him to handle this well. I kind of thought he'd say, whatever he wants to do is up to him, you know, whatever, let it go. But he's saying some things about the guy that actually gives you some confidence that they actually still like Jamal Adams. Not that they wouldn't want him as a player, but I think they have a decent relationship. Well, we'll see what Jamal Adams has to say about it because I didn't see him say anything about Gase being a terrible guy or whatever, anything like that. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, to me, it's all starting to kind of boil down to something I had in my mind a while. I never said it out mm-hmm. loud, but now it's starting to feel that it's just been a power move to do both ways from the yeah. Jets organization and Jamal Adams. I think they're just saying things to try and get where they want individually. I don't know that the Jets are going to trade him. Uh, I said uh, somebody I, had asked in the Bat Row Network chat that we have. Um, I'm not sure if you were uh, yeah, in that I, part. I see it here and there, but I, I, I well, always pass by it for yeah, some reason. Well, they asked, what do we think, uh, like, when the news broke? And I said, if they don't trade him within the next 72 hours, they're not going to trade him at all. And it's I think true. now it has come down to Jamal Adams asked for the trade to try and get a new deal worked out. And yeah. I kind of hope that's where they're still going. But I, at this point, you know what Jamal Adams is worth. So if you can't find somebody willing to give you a bunch of stuff right now for him, you're not going to trade him. So I am it starting to just think that this is an all talk and Jamal Adams will be a New York Jet for quite a while. Well, we'll see. I, I 
I hope that's the case. I don't want to spend a whole ton of money on him, but uh, he is, like I said, plenty of times the best safety in the business, in my opinion. So if, if that means we got to spend a bunch of money, maybe, maybe that makes sense. I don't know, but I would like to also keep Marcus May if that's possible. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure we can make sense for the defense, not just Jamal Adams, because uh, Jamal Adams is a fantastic player, but if we can trade him and still get something out of him and he doesn't really want to be here, then – I am okay with trading him. I would love to have him on the team, obviously, but he's the best player on the offense. And I think to flip the script a little bit, I want to talk a little bit about what I think could be the best player on the offense. Uh, uh, I said offense yes, for him. Did. I meant defense. <laughs> I was going to wait for script. a correction next week, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's flip the script a little bit okay. and talk about who I think the best player on the offense could be in the next, you know, for, for the foreseeable future, and that's Sam Darnold. I know I talk a lot about him, but – I've been seeing articles here and there about him and things that make sense and things that don't make sense and whatever. And then when I saw this one, I was like, you know what? I actually really like what they're saying here. So this is basically a sign that Darnold is progressing or at the very least that Darnold is trying to progress himself as a quarterback. And this is an article from sports illustrated. A lot of these things that I'm going to say is from sports illustrated. Um, but over the last two seasons, Sam Darnold's check down rate is 4.1%, which comes in fifth lowest check down rate in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So now some people may say, well, that's not really a sign of progress. That's a sign of taking too many chances, which on mm. the surface, I can understand and how that might sound correct because most quarterbacks, you know, somebody like Mitchell Trubisky, who was also on that list, he might be taking risk where he shouldn't be taking risk. Well, that might be an anomaly at some point because you also have somebody like uh, Patrick Mahomes is on this list. You got a bunch of really good players on this list that are very low when it comes to their uh, uh, wow, their check down rate. Well, you have to, you have, I got to say that what I think Darnold is actually doing, I think he is sometimes taking a chance. Uh, Like I said uh, a few weeks ago, he's taking a chance in them games later on where he, we were out of the playoff picture. There was no reason for him to, you know, try and, you know, check down here and check down there. He's just trying to test his abilities. And I think that's the last few games of the season last year. He, that's what he was trying to do. So maybe, yeah, he was inflating the numbers there a little bit, but you can't, you can't create good numbers just out of a few games. I think these kind of numbers make more sense. And then I want to make it a little bit different when, and talk about the people who have, the highest check down rate okay. because this is going to really make things a little bit more clear. Number one, Blake Bortles, mm-hmm. 13.3%. Wow. Number two, Mason Rudolph, 10.5%. Mm-hmm. Number three, Derek Carr, 10.3%. Mm. Number four, Gardner Minchu, 10.1%. <laughs> Number five, and you know how I feel about this guy right now, Philip Rivers, 9.6%. Oh, yeah. But number that's six. Why I like Naya Mines, everybody out there that likes fancy <laughs> football. <laughs> number six, Eli Manning, 9.5%. Number seven, Deshaun Watson, 8.9%. That one I can understand is a little iffy. He's got a lot of talents in a lot of different ways. Number eight, Alex Smith. So that one's going a little bit further back, 8.7%. Right. Number nine, Case Keenum, 8.3%. And number 10, this is the anomaly of the list, Andrew Luck, 8.2%. Hmm. 
all all of these guys, though, except for maybe Andrew Luck, and I can understand some people saying Watson and maybe Rivers, they all have huge question marks as quarterbacks. Well, obviously, there's been success with these guys, like Philip Rivers, Eli Manning has had success. Deshaun Watson has, even Alex Smith has had success. But you don't see these guys being spectacular quarterbacks, except for the Andrew Luck situation right there. And I, I, I'm sorry, but I think that means that Darnold is really trying to progress his game. Whether that he's going to use the dump off passes a little more, the check down passes a little more this next year. I don't know, but I know that he is trying just based off of these numbers. Oh, for sure. I mean, most of those quarterbacks you listed are not elite quarterbacks and they were just taking what was given to them. And there's like what, three guys on that list that you talked about that have had uh, lots of success over their careers, Mm -hmm. but that's because those three quarterbacks too, have pretty decent completion percentages. So they're taking those check downs after checking most of the things and they're completing them a lot. And maybe it's because their wide receivers just aren't that good or they've been hurt. You know, there's a lot of different reasons, but for Sam Darnold to have such a low percentage, and I know Josh Allen in the division has a very low percentage as well. Very low. Yep. And, Cam Newton, now he's in there. Uh, he's kind of a check down, Charlie, a little bit when he was on the field with, you know, Christian McCaffrey and guys like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then you've got Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick, who's not really a check down guy. And right, yeah. Tua behind him, I don't really see him being a check down guy either when he gets, you know, a chance to play. So right. that whole division. And Sam Darnold included <laughs> is going to be slinging it, I think, uh, for the most part. And it, it will be interesting to see if that was a, more of a, like you said, a late season, like, well, what have we got left to lose? I'll see what right. I can get out of these guys that we've got. And here is, a, I've been waiting to bring up a stat. And this isn't a check down stat. It's a wide receiver in the slot stat. And I think this is, and it goes with one of your guys you like for fantasy football this year, Jamison Crowder. He is number four of the highest-graded wide receivers when lined up in the slot in 2019. And with what the Jets have now on the outside with right. uh, Brashad Perriman and right. Denzel Mims, mm-hmm. maybe Crowder lines up even more in the slot. And he was number four overall with a 93.7 grade. So the checkdowns, and again, you would have thought last year Sam Darnold would have had more checked downs because the offensive line was so horrible that uh, just get, <laughs> dump it off over the here right, and right. it didn't really happen now maybe that's because the running backs were staying in to try and help the terrible offensive linemen uh yeah, or something I mean, to that effect too. but just to your uh thoughts of him progressing more jameson crowder is starting to climb up my list a little bit right Mm -hmm. now of viable fantasy wide receivers because if he is left alone in the slot, he is and has been one of the better in the league. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I took him in the mock draft that we just did for Fantasy Fuel, and I I got him at, what, the 10th round, something Mm -hmm. stupid like that, and that's a great value for somebody like that. Jamison Crowder is going to have a really good year, and 
I mean, he's going to be the number one target, at least early on, like I've said, from Sam Darnold. And these stats right here, I mean, obviously, it doesn't always mean a lot. I mean, there's guys on the list that, like, what the heck? I mean, like I said, Mitchell Trubisky was on there with a high one. But he was a, he's a terrible quarterback. I mean, yes. the reason his thing is high is because he's just slinging it. He doesn't even know what he's doing. So I think there's a difference there, and you got to kind of recognize that. But uh, you you – you brought up his name up, and uh, I guess we can talk about it because it is news and it does relate to the Jets, but Cam Newton has been signed to the uh, New England Patriots. So unfortunately, this does make the <laughs> Patriots a better team. Um, it's not going to be the same Patriots when Tom Brady was there. Cam Newton has legs, and Cam Newton is a different type of quarterback altogether than what Tom Brady was. Like I said in Fantasy Fuel, I don't, know how good he's going to be for the Patriots because I don't know how good Cam Newton's going to be, but I think that he does have something to play for. I think he wants to prove everybody wrong that he wasn't just a bad quarterback who just lost it because it looked like he lost it. It looked like he really lost it. So I will see. And I, I hope this makes <sighs> It makes the Patriots better. Let's just put it that way. It makes them better, but I still think they're not going to be good enough for them to win the Super Bowl. Let's just do that, all right? They're not going to win the Super Bowl with Cam Newton. (laughs) I'll just say that the signing of Cam Newton, whether or not he does anything at all, was a great signing because it's an incentive-laden deal the maximum that he can get if he hits all of his incentives is like seven point five million. Oh, yeah. And that is a steal if you get Cam yeah. Newton anywhere close to what he has been when he's healthy. And I as I stayed in fantasy fuel, anytime Cam Newton has played all sixteen <laughs> games in a season, he is a top five fantasy football quarterback. That doesn't always necessarily mean the team is winning. Yeah, but that's true. There is zero chance that Cam Newton is worse than Jared St- <laughs> Yes, I, I I completely agree with that statement. There's no doubt about it. Now I don't know how long this episode's been, so I'm assuming it's either a, a short, it's kind of a shorter episode. <laughs> but I think we can uh, say goodbye for now. I mean, just want to. Uh, Say, make sure you listen to all of the back row network teams that we've got. We got a bunch of them. I'm not going to list them all off. Every time I list them off, I list the wrong ones and why I (laughs) I can't figure it out. So I'm not going to do that, but also listen to fantasy fuel. If you're going to listen to fantasy football and advice, that's what the other show we do. Also, there is the back row fantasy show as well. They do a really good job there. I just thank you for listening and we will see you next week.